What's up, good brother? I'm good, y'all. How you doing? Yo, man, I know, I know how it is to be right there where you sitting at, bro. You know, I know you know. Ah, uh, God bless you, man. Yo, you's a warrior and a half. I don't know how you travel the world. What you do? Yeah, that's 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 and, what I'm saying. Still, and still show up on time. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's uh, that's part of my wellness. Kind of what keeps me going and focused to keep my mind there trying to hold on to whatever normalcy I can, you know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah, when you when you said you was getting um like getting situated, I thought you was gonna try to do it like after dialysis, but I'm like, yo, you're not playing, man. Nah, I was gonna try to do it as soon as they got me in the chair. When you get in um, the chair, you can sit back a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm easy street once I'm on. Okay. But um you know I, I was a little bit, I was running behind just a little bit getting here today mm -hmm. because I had to pick up something. And um, by the time I got here, you know, I was a little bit behind my chair time. So normally See, today, your, day, your days are Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday. Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Same days as you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, those, no, those are my off days. I'm Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Saturday. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Those, that's my that's, that's my good work though. I like those I like those things. I like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I move, man. Because at least that weekend feel like you really off work. Right. Yeah. That's what's up. Well, brother, thank you. I thank you for 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 taking the time out with us. We're from the Bronx, but we located right here in Danbury, Connecticut, brother. So we're doing re VI out our home right here. Wait a minute, y'all getting y'all Danbury swing on? Danbury swinging, son. Okay. <laughs> you know what's funny? That used to be our setup too. Like me and my partner, when we show up at shows, right? And other rap dudes, be you know, we never carried ourselves like typical rappers. So we pull up. And when they were hollering, you just see they swag. We like, yeah, we from Danbury. <laughs> just to get them to drop the car and get their head taken off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh yeah, you from Danbury? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And get their head completely taken off. <laughs> yeah, it's so many people though. So many people from the city and found their way up here though, man. Like when, yeah. I, when I first moved right. up here, like I first moved up here, I think it may have been like 2007. Shit, I was like one of the few black people. It was a handful, handful of bro, black people. Now that don't look like a Danbury shape up, brother. <laughs> look like straight from the city with it, brother. That's all I'm nah, saying. Man, I said, yo, I said, yo, I, I found a barb up here. But the funny shit is, when I was uh, when I first moved up here, every week I was riding down to the Bronx to get a cut. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, so. every week. Then I find, you know, you know, niggas is funny about who you let cut your hair. <laughs> what mm -hmm. I I had to look and I waited, I waited around, I went to the barbershop, I'm like, all right, we'll start off with you giving me a Caesar or whatever and then see where they at. Then after a while, I found a dude. Yeah, I had to learn the hard way, man, because the Dominicans, I tell you, the Dominicans kept giving me the OBJ. I'm like, yo, I don't want that shit off the side, yo. What the fuck? That's funny. It kept getting me. I'm looking with my shit flurry at the top, no side. I'm like, all right, I need to find a homie that's gonna cut my hair right. I'll be honest, the Dominicans been holding me down for five years. But, <laughs> yes, you know, they, don't, they still don't speak no English. I just point and click. Like, listen, like, <laughs> I walk up to the poster, like, this is what I need. That's it. Shit, yo, what, the number chart joint? Give me a number five. Yep. Yeah, yeah, before, exactly. Right I get the McDonald's order on the shape. <laughs> 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 I 
But <laughs> it's like I um, you know, I had dreads for so many years that I I didn't even know how to get a cut. Mm. It had been so long. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. That shit feels funny because I used yeah, I used to have cornrows too. And I remember when I cut them off, my head just felt feel different, right? You feel like naked. Bruh, like your head get light. The, <laughs> and the shower water hit my neck for the first time. Oh my god. Yes, yeah, it should put you to sleep. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but meditating in the shower. Facts. Yeah. Right, so. But look, how about this? Then I rap, I'm gonna hit you. You remember when we had them catheters in? Yeah. And you couldn't take a you shower. Can't take no shower. Bird, bird bath, my nigga, all day. Uh, so. right. I had to go get a whole new shower head with the holes on it just so I could strategically <laughs> get around the cancer. Oh, wow, son. I had to take, I used to have to tape my shit yeah. in a plastic bag and tape the plastic bag to my chest if I wanted to take a shower. But, but look, what I found out it. is when they first brought us out the hospital, they put that Tegaderm on it, that plastic yeah. bandage. Yeah, yeah. I ordered it. them on Amazon. Nice. So I just take it during the whole joint. Like right, I did a whole it. summer that way when I had to perform. So I was doing like, I was still touring and then I was doing like summer stage and the, the video music block shows. and right. So when you got that, you got people trying to take pictures with you and get close. It wasn't right, just right. the water I was worried about. It was just, you know, people interaction. So right. term, I was able to pack it up. And um, okay. I found like the hallway, I had to put gauze on it before that because the Tegaderm, you sweat under it. So, so the you, moisture. You still have a puddle of, of liquid under it as soon as you take it off, like, especially in the summer. So I had to start covering it with the, um, the gauze first mm. and then Tegaderm it. But that kept you good money. You could shower all that. Yeah. Because if it get infected, if it get infected, it's it gets bloodstream, and that's a wrap after that. Well, you got to remember one side of it dips in your heart. So that's what that's you right. don't want. That's what you so, don't want. Yeah, so I, I avoided that. Like the plague, I was straight matrix with that. Yeah, son. You got you to play easy with that, son. Yeah, not at all. So, so that so that first hour after that, brother, was heaven. Let me give let me give you a um let me give you a formal introduction. So we we're joined here today by Mike Hands, uh, rapper, actor, videographer. Uh, activist, like activist, street like general, jack of all <laughs> trades, bro. Right, sir. How'd you? Well, first, tell us where you from. I know where you from, but tell our viewers where you from and how you got into hip hop. Well, Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York. You already know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been rhyming since I was in the eighth grade. To be honest with you, some of my friends hollered at me. It was like, "Yo, we gonna start a rap group." I was in what was it, the funk singing group before that. So I ain't know yeah. nothing about no rapping. I was a singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man was like, nah, this is what we going to do. So I'm like, all right. So they took me and wrote me my first rap, taught me how to write a rap. And um, we've been off to the races since then. So ironically enough, if you remember the group, the Bush Babies. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Um, if you remember the, the Bush Babies, we, Chaos from the Bush Babies was in a group called Chaos and Mass Construction. Mass, uh, mass, um, yeah. Chaos and Mass Destruction. Well, Mass Destruction's little brother was my partner. So okay. we was downstairs in the dining room fucking up raps, and they was upstairs rapping the right way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, this is what was happening back on Fort Hamilton in Brooklyn. And then, um, you know, eventually you figured out, like, okay, one, this, thing, this was far more productive 
then singing, singing, I would go in the studio and it'd take me three trips to the studio to finish one song. Mm. When I started rapping, I would go in the studio and knock out three songs in a, in a session. I'm like, this is more cost effective, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to a young hustler in these streets. That's right. But I ended up running with, and then I uh, maximized on that. I'm actually on the floor now. What Let's up, see. King? Thank you. Is that DeVita you at? Nah, fucking DeVita. No disrespect. No disrespect. Word <laughs> <laughs> up. Ficinius, yeah. But um, yeah, here's, here's my my shuttle thing, mate. There you go. That's your kidney right there, That's bro. My shuttle. Yeah, right here. The guy <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, man, that's a, that's a, that's a serious new lifestyle, man. I understand exactly what you're going through, bro. How long, how long did you ride? Well, I lost my kidney oh, in two thousand in two thousand ten. Okay. And um, so that's when, when you started. I was on dialysis in June of 2010, but then, fortunately enough, my mom's gave me her kidney by December of the same year, so I was only on dialysis for like six months. How fly is that, though? Yeah. Super fly, because it happened right two days after my birthday, so it was like, here I am. I got re- I got just, I got rejuvenated on my birthday with new kidney and a whole new yeah. lifestyle, man. And well, the transition, the transition wasn't bad, man. It's just, I had to get used to taking so much medication Mm. Yeah, after the fact, right? After the fact. After yeah. like 15 pieces. Yeah, yeah. So, until it until it got down to just I had to take Three. one one prograph with five milli, my five millimeters uh every time okay. I ate. So I was okay. taking it three times a day. And that was it. And I had I had my mom's kidney for seven years and it started to fail. Mm. And when it started to fail, once the white blood cells started to attack it, it found out it was there. That was it, man. They found out I was there. And incrementally, month by month, my crack levels was going by 2.5 to 3.7 to 5.5 to it got to 10. Once you get to 10, that's automatic failure. Yeah, game game change. Game change. Right back on dialysis, put the catheter back in your neck. They put me back on the donors list. So now I'm on the donors list out here in Connecticut. I've been on it for about it's almost four years, so Within the next year, I should be getting a call very soon. So, so you still you back on the machine now, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, man. But so. you said you said you did seven years mm-hmm. with mom's kidney. Seven years of mom's kidney, and just just as I can digress just a little bit, what happened with that? I was switching jobs, and when you switch jobs, sometimes your your benefit package changes. That's right. My, my benefits package did change. But I was under the impression that we would just roll over into the new company with the same package. Uh-huh. So I got my first check of the year, and I noticed my medical wasn't coming out. I said, dental? I see vision. I'm like, wow. how come my medical's not coming out? So I kind of I I I panicked a little bit because I'm looking, I'm looking for my meds. So That's right. From February to March, that 30-day period, I didn't have my meds. I had meds, but I was was rationing what I had. Yeah, but that's all it took to let them white boys know you was there. Them white boys was in there. So by me rationing in that 30-day span, they had already attacked the kidney. My nephrologist said, I'll give you about two years before you go back on dialysis. Well, it was only about six months before I was right back on dialysis, man. 
Yeah, and, and, and I tell you this, man. Prior to me losing my kidney, I played ball. I was very healthy because they had to adjust my program level because my white blood cells was going past all the program. Okay. You know what I mean? they, they had to. They had to put me through a process where I had to freeze my my plasma and my blood or something like that. So they allowed the program to work along with the plasma, and it got it down. It got it down to a level to where I could accept the program. And my white blood cells would just kind of just fade away and just, you know what I mean? I didn't have to worry about them rejecting the kidney, but it was an ordeal. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the kidney lasted for seven years. And then when it failed, I knew exactly what I was going through. I said, I'm going back to dialysis. Mm. I know but I got you already away. knew the program. I already knew the program, man. Yeah. And yeah, see, this is what I don't get. I don't get to build with many people on the other side. Like I've mastered this version, right? That, that's nothing. I, that's I don't nothing. Really deal with many people after the the transplant, you know, right? Um, because again, like everything else, I've come to know this part is new. Well, post transplant, post transplant is really a process of you. All right, now now your lifestyle has changed. You have a foreign object in you, and your whole goal is to not have that object be kicked out, rejected. That's on your browser for the rest of your life, how to not yep. to get rejected. So mm. your diet is going to change. You can, you can kind of resort to some of the way you was living because you're going to have the energy back. You're going to feel the difference of that, but... The timing of when you take your medicine, the first thing you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you take your meds, you eat. Mm. Whatever regimen that you're on in, regard, in, in regards to your medicine, you do not break stride. I don't care where you at, you take your medicine with you. Whatever time of the night, if they tell you 12 hours, if you take it one in the morning, you got to take it one in the afternoon. Don't take it at 1.30. Don't take it at 12.30. Take it at one when they say. That's what I do now. The reason for doing that is that your body, like anything else, needs to build up the the the, the, the attention for dealing with that because your body, your, your brain is going through a whole different process. Even when you're on dialysis, sometimes that's why you feel lethargic when you come out because your brain is like, what the fuck just happened? I know I got a kidney, but something else is doing the job for the kidney. Mm -hmm. How was all that working? You know what I'm saying? So on top of taking your meds, you almost have to rethink the way you want your body to work. You have to be in your mind and be like, yo, I can't do that no more. Nah, I got to do this. Nah, I, have to, I have to get sleep. I need some rest. You know what I'm saying? There, there's, there's periods of times where you have to follow strict code of what you're doing. Now, so after make two... Make lifestyle change. Yo, after, after, after a year, after two, you start being... You walk around with your pill case, you know it, bang. Booking in there, and what progression that happened is your nephrologist and your and your, your kidney team will watch your progression. They'll watch you eating better, your health is coming, your, your hemoglobins are starting to come back. Those are your red blood cells. Mm -hmm. So, if your red blood cells and your red blood cell count is high, that's a that's a great sign, you know what I'm saying? Because that means your cells' reproduction is back in rhythm right. yeah. the way your body used to be. You know what I'm saying? The only thing is that kidneys are foreign object. And you got them white boys at the door. Yeah, and, and that, that kidney, it never actually settles in. It's always a visitor. It's always a visitor. 
it's always a video. So let me ask you this, right? You travel a lot, you move around a lot. You know, how, how does that really affect you, man? Uh, I sleep a lot. Get a lot of rest? When I'm on the road, I'm always sleeping, resting, or whatever it is to do. My only focus is the show. Right. So, so you save, save up your I'm energy for the show. Yeah, I'm not really seeing the city too much and all that. Um, I'm really try, trying to reserve my energy for the show. Okay. Mm. So, when when did you get di when did you get diagnosed? 2008. Oh, okay. Mm. I didn't fail to 2018 though. Mm. Okay, wow, that was a wild man. That was a 10-year stretch. They so, put me on a, a preventative regimen, so I I was so that's why as I'm listening to you, I feel a little more confident because having to train myself and adhere to a regimen and all that is, I've yes, had sir. so much practice yes, sir. thus far. I was able to keep it at bay for 10 years. And I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't as strict on my regimen as I could have been. Right, right. And, and, and you, gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, hum, humans are creatures of habit and pattern. There's just certain patterns and certain habits that is so succinct, yeah. very hard to break. But it's like, it's like tying your sneaker, man, brushing your teeth. You've been doing the same routine for so long and now you have to change. Yeah. Cold, you got to go cold turkey. That's difficult, man. That's very difficult. Yeah. It was, man. And uh, how about this? When I got diagnosed and they first put me on this preventative regimen, I was leaving for Europe for the first time like a month later. Right. For three weeks. Wow. So I had to go and keep myself disciplined away from home. Right. That's right. It was hard. It was hard. But my was people tough. that was out there was on point. Because, you know, before I came, I let them know what was going on. So they kind of catered to it. Mm. Right. Right. And it's a lifestyle change for them. Yeah. yeah. Even my buddies now, when we go out, we go to, if, if even if we go to like a concert, I tell them, I said, look, here's my pill case. If, it, if you see a nigga getting weak, sit my ass down, get me some water. If it gets to the point where I, I'm incoherent, I got. A, I had a chain that had the number the and the medical? hotline and the mm -hmm. medical number to call and let them know. Look, Rob ain't feeling right. They'll tell you what to do, and that's how you got to roll. And if your peoples is with you, they got they got yeah. the first aid kit bag with them, yeah. <laughs> the pill bag, all that, and they'll they'll take care of you, bro. For real, man. By the grace of God, man, I have yet to have that version. Um, my dad died of this shit, right? So, I watched my dad live with this for 10, what, 10 years, 82 okay. to 92. Wow, wow, wow. What was my what's version? The reason, what's the reason though? Is hypertension or diabetes? Well, hypertension is mine. His was hypertension as well, but I think he had another viral situation mm, right. that nobody really told him about. But okay. with that said, he was in the, in the military, got discharged in 82 because of it and brought us back to New York and I watched him grind with it. But he had a horrible, horrible go with it. Right. Um, that's not the version I've ever had. Mm. Bobby Grace, you know what I mean? For sure. 
Um, it's been hard. It's been rough at moments, but nothing like what I saw him do. Right. So, right. So, you, so after, after, you, after you got diagnosed, what were some of the immediate like lifestyle changes that you made? Dietary, mostly. Sure. Then, um, you know, I was... Uh, uh, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. They cannulate. That's right. Water my face can't can leases when they sticking them needles in his and it's either he's have a graft or he has a fistula. Fistula. And it's a little it's like a little buttonhole where the needle go right in. Nah, that's not what my life is, brother. Like I got the fistula and um I don't I don't use the buttonholes. I try not to let them stick me in the same place. Okay. So that I don't get the um the aneurysms. So it's not a fish. It's not a graph because I have not a graph. graph. It's a fistula. I have yeah. a graph. It's like a loop. Yes. You know and they and they, and they, and they loop. Right. Yeah. Mine is a fistula where they took the artery in the vein and they 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 fused them to create a, a resilient super vein, for lack of better terms. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So they interchange the cannulation spots every time you go. Crazy. Yeah, so right. that's, 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 the li- that's, that's the lifeline right there, bro. Yeah, brother. That's but, what cleans. You know, that's what cleans you out. <laughs> I'm at the um. I'm on. They just put it. This is my second one. My second fishing. So I'm back to the blue needles. Okay. But on my first one, I was up to the whites. Right. The 14 gauge. The 14 gauge. Yeah. It's yes, like bro, Shannon. So imagine. A coffee straw, mm-hmm. and they cut it diagonally. Mm. That's the diameter of the needle. The wow. diameter of the needle, yeah. It ain't what you go. It ain't the IV you get in the hospital. <laughs> it ain't none of that shit, son. You look at that needle like that's going in my arm. Yeah, and you can look into the needle. Damn, that's how that shit is. That yeah, yeah, you sure. straight into it. It's mm. a big thing, man. Let me ask you this: Are you are you on the donors list? Hold on one second, brother. Okay. Am I doing four and a half? Um, I can do four because I came in late. Yeah. I was asking you: Are, are you on any of the donors list? I am. Okay. So venturing into that conversation, um, yeah. The missus, she um, she goes into surgery Wednesday to give her kidney up for me. Wow! God bless you, son. So, um, it's that she doesn't. She's not my match. So it's a swap program. Right. Talk about that. Now we're talking because I'm a part of the same program, and this is all. It's all I've been telling. Let me cut you with. This is all I've been telling my friend. Look. You don't have to be an exact match. What they'll do is, if you're O positive, they'll find someone O positive that needs a kidney. But, That's then, right. find, but then they'll find me being B positive and give me a kidney. So all it takes is for one person to step up, two people get a kidney. That's right. That's the dopest shit in the world, B. So if you think about it, Shannon, it's like if your wife was O positive like me and my wife was B like you, my wife would give you her kidneys, and I would take yours. Right. Right. That's what's up, man. That's gonna be a good feeling, Mike. For real, son. Your son. You're going. Your energy is good. 
I want to go in. I want to go to the first show <laughs> when your ass is back because you're gonna lose it. The energy yeah. that you're gonna have. I'm a hover on stage, probably. Son, <laughs> what? Listen, and you, and you have a you have a ward in your hand, but like, nah, I'm good. Watch this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's gonna and it's gonna it's gonna be. All, you, you might you might even go through a DMX moment and have a prayer that day, son. It's gonna be that You were saying the um talking to Rob about hand about like the other side of it, like post post transplant. Why is it that why why is there not more information out there for people to kind of build around that and talk about what happens post transplant? Um yes, because and I'm one oh seven four. Because they don't understand a lot of people don't understand the reality and how prominent this is. Um, because let's look at it for what it is. Most of the time you think about, well, put it like this, when I go to most of my appointments, I'm normally the youngest person in the room. Sure. Right? It's normally very, people in their elderly, early 50s and, and better. Mm -hmm. Um. It's normally people that have other heavier things going on as well, be it diabetes, cancer, so on and so forth. In our bracket, a lot of people don't really realize the relevance to this disease in our bracket. Um, so therefore, the people that have the platforms that have these talks that you would hear unless you were subscribing to it, Right. Like if you were tuned into it, then you would hear everything. But if you're not tuned into it, especially considering this is the kind of disease that doesn't show itself until it's in the fourth stage anyway. That's right. You're already fourth stage is gone by the time you really realize symptomatically that something is going on. Right. If you're not like I had proteria, so I was losing a lot of protein in my urine. Mm -hmm. So my basic urine tests were coming back. There's anything for so much you can do. Do you experience when you when you when you know you reach your fluid limit? Do you experience the trouble breathing? I've been put back in the hospital. Like I'm, I'm in the hospital three times because of one time I was ten, I was ten kilos over. Mm, wow, serious. That, so you know that's two and a half gallons of oh. fluid per kilo. So think about that. Like if you put those gallons of water at my feet, mm -hmm. and and Two and a half per kilo. That's twenty plus right. gallons. Yeah. Um, my heart, lungs, and and the funny part is I don't show swelling like in my legs and right. all that. Nobody see it, right? Like everybody else does. So it's hard sometimes to to have a visual indicator that you may be over. But yeah, I get winded. Feels like full on asthma attack. I feel like a full-blown asthma attack, yes, sir. One time, one time I got up and made my already take me in at like three thirty, four in the morning. Like, I'm not gonna make it to the morning. Let's go now. Right. You know. Um, but yeah. beautiful part about it is dialyzing in the hospital. I can go to sleep. I'm in yeah, the bed. It's a lot different, right? You know what I'm saying? I refuse to sleep here. Okay. Because I don't want to wake up cramping. It's too late at that point. Right. I can't try to change the flow, change the pull. 
Right. They can give you they can give you some of your fluid back, but you still experience brother half or listen, once you start cramping, that means you already did the work. Once they start giving that sailing back, you're putting the, the weight back on. Putting, putting, yeah. the, putting the floor so back on. Like, I just went through all of that to put it all back on. Now we're not doing that. <laughs> so what I try to do, I try to stay awake. So that way if I feel, to, you know, you know, cramps will threaten you first. Thank you. You cramps feel it coming. You feel it yeah. coming before yeah. it comes. That's right. So you can make your adjustments or reposition yourself or have right. them stop the pull right there right. right they'll just yeah so back to the original question people with platforms don't really get a chance to talk much about it if you ain't freeway it ain't many other people and i know that's, that's willing to listen folks, i know a lot of folks in hip-hop that reached out to me um cats from the west coast from the loonies okay. um from the alcoholics Right. It's like a ton of groups over there. They got at least one member who can't right. That's right. That reached out to really coach me when, like, I didn't even know they knew what my hands existed to coach me once I once I, I started moving through this. Um, a lot of good people reached out. But with that said, it's why I started sharing my journey. That's right. Um, Make it known. Because yo, my DM became like uh, urgent care. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. folks check in with me to tell me, yo, I'm going through this. I don't know who to talk to. I'm going through this. I didn't know. I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't want it to hinder what I'm trying to do or what mm-hmm. I'm trying to build. I don't want people right. looking different. Or, um, just flat out, I'm scared. There's people that call me before every single procedure before they fistula wow. build before. Get mm-hmm. catheter um, placement, get catheter removal, get first day of dialysis. I talk to, I talk them through all of it. Yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. And that's why I reached out to you because I seen, I know what it is that you're going through when, mm-hmm. especially when complications arise. You be like, damn, I gotta go through this now. Like, mm-hmm. you are gonna get better? It gets worse before it gets better. So you that's gotta right. keep, you gotta keep a, a, a fortitude of a mind frame, just to, just knowing. It's gonna get better. If your faith, you have to have faith in, in, in on this trip. If you don't have any faith on this trip, it's gonna be a short trip, man. What you extended to me is what I try to pay forward. You know what I mean? Cats like you that reached out and you ain't know me from Adam, but it's like, yo, listen, check it out. This is what you're dealing with. This is what you need. This is what That's you right. need to do. That's right. Um, because of course we're in a fraternity that nobody wants to join. Right, and and, and, um, and quiet is kept. A lot of our pairs, they 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 knocking on the door. I told I told all my I said, I drink y'all drink with me, y'all ate with me, y'all live how we live. We all live the same way for at least twenty five years straight, yeah. hanging out, drinking, eating all sorts of hours of that, and we're not giving, we're not paying attention with the body. The same. The effect of it. Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. think we're getting up the next morning, the next week, and we can do it all over again. Hangovers, clean up. You, you start. It's the routine you have. Yeah. And I tell you, when I had, I got a headache for two weeks that would not go away. And I said to myself, something ain't right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to have a headache 
no longer than a day or two. This shit is two, three weeks. It's not going away. So, hypertension, right? Hypertension. And my highest hypertension, I was 267 over 195. Damn, bro. I walked in and they looked at me like, Yo, you walk in. how come you? How didn't? How, how come you didn't have the stroke already? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. my heart, my heart is, and what happens when your pressure is high? It's between your brain, your kidney, and your heart. It thickens the wall of your heart. If it thickens it hard enough, the shit won't beat. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. it. Flatline. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, your kidneys are working overtime. And I'm saying, and it's trying to filter out whatever you're drinking, whatever you're eating. And what I had to learn, what most of us are going through, especially living in, 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 in environments and urban densities and food deserts that we all come from, that right above the kidney, there is a gland called the adrenal gland. Mm-hmm. The adrenal gland spits out cortisol every time there's fright or flight. We live in fucking fright or flight. That's right. So, your adrenal gland is destroying your kidney. You don't even know it. From shootouts, from car accidents, from fights, from getting jumped, all the all the situations that you can imagine of that we live in and living in the inner city, we're already destroying our kidneys before we've drinking anything, before we eaten any pork, before we eat chitlins, before we've smoked a cigarette. Your mood, your attitude is determined upon your cortisol or your adrenal gland right above your kidneys and it's just destroying your kidneys just by you thinking about it. That's right. That's why I try to tell people, by all means, keep a good thought because the bad thoughts are going to fuck you up too, man. We're in a a constant state of PTSD. So it's... uh, It's It's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. If you're not... if, If you're not... It's not an athletic, a one of the ap- just athletic where you know you, you play, you play for your job, the basketball league, or you're consistently on a bike like yourself. My man Chanel right now, he got the Peloton bike, so he's regimented into keeping up yeah. with his with his health that way. I can tell he got a glow. Yes, yeah, yo, son, the, the brother, he looked like he's seventeen and yeah, he's, he's over he forty, the, son. He got the. Uh... The, 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 the last dragon. You got yes, son. <laughs> Danielson over there. Yo. <laughs> but that being said, though, you know, how how does how does it? Man, there's so many questions I gotta ask you, man. Let me let me ask you this though, because with all yeah. that's going on, though, you still managed to do like all this great work in the community, right? I've seen you got that. I think it's called the fueling our own development, like the food giveaway, food, and giving yeah, away different food foundation. Right, building our own development. Food, yeah. Right. yeah. How'd you come talk up about, with that? Yeah, talk about that a little bit. So my partner Jackie Love, she reached out to me uh, to be a music ambassador originally, um, which Flipstar and Busta, uh, Fat Joe, Snoop, some other people, Black Thought, um, as an ambassador for the foundation. And once we started doing the work. And she realized my relationship, how I move, how my mind works. She opened the door for me to get more involved. Ultimately, that's how it started. Currently, I'm the COO of the foundation. 
So I kind of guess I climbed to as close to the top as I could get without being the CEO myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about the work. It's just about doing the work. And, you know, with this journey I'm on, bro, like I feel like God spares me three times a week to be here. So what am I doing with what am I doing with the, with the time he's given me? That's right. It can't all be about me and what I want to do. So what can I do on his behalf while I'm here? So he continues to spare me. That's right. So that's that's really how this happened. Nice. That's dope. That's a dope lane to be in, man, to give back, especially when you got a platform. And you can, like I said, our platform is to make people aware that kidney disease it's prevalent, right along with all the other diseases we got going on. It can happen at time, man. And if we're not watching what we eat because we've been taught how to eat traditionally through holidays and uh, barbecues and Christmases, we got we got the same but menu. On. If we limited to just that, we would be okay. <laughs> but the problem is we have Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday. On Thursday. <laughs> everything exactly. we, we, you know everything is okay in moderation but we don't really know how to do that right we make everything part of our regular regimen mm-hmm. and our regular customs and um instead of celebrating if that's what you're going to do mm-hmm. then let it be celebratory mm-hmm. right that's right you know? yeah, that's I mean right. we do we're drinking like Oh, right. we getting a promotion. Let's have a drink. Okay, it's Thursday. Let's have a drink. Okay, yeah. they getting married. Let's have a drink. Okay, it's Wednesday. Let's have a drink. <laughs> like, if you limit it to just when it's an occasion, right? Even on another level, when I got thrown my my sex life scenario, I went back to the whole Ralph Cranston vibe. Like, when you got a promotion at work, you might get lucky. You know what I'm saying? That's right. But it made you go hard to create those opportunities instead of it being something that's every day to the point that it becomes so normalized that it's nothing special about it. Right. Yeah. We did did an episode probably maybe about like a month, maybe a month and a half ago on one of the things we were talking about in terms of like, you know, consistent with what you're saying is that also in you know especially in new york city having food deserts and things like that you know there aren't there aren't really a lot of opportunities for people to get fresh produce you have people who they take their money and they they, they'll go to mcdonald's and they'll get mcdonald's and you know so some of it i think is our circumstance some of it is though that people overindulge and then the other part is lack of education i feel like around it now i have to cut you but let me be 100 percent honest Produce is the cheapest thing you're going to buy. You understand what I'm saying? I went to the, to, to bought a whole salad for $8. This, this, this might be the first time we ever done this, man. My wife want to say what's up, Mike. Come, baby. No worries. She wants to say hi, man. How you doing? <laughs> Good to how see you, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks for the check-in. Always, always. Thanks for sustaining the home. Yeah, man. She she was the one that made me. It's like, yo, you're going to check out Mike. Mike is losing his kidneys. Remember him from the studio? I'm like, uh, I don't remember, but I'll reach out to him. Yeah, that's a blessing. She was the one, man. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, going to the vegetable stand is the cheapest thing you could do. Mm-hmm. If you want a budget 
picnic salad. Fruit and salad. You can always afford it. Always. Um, we choose to buy the seven ninety nine Big Mac. Choices. As opposed to going to spend seven ninety nine and getting all the pieces you need to build a salad. Right. Yeah. And you can still get you a chicken breast and chop it up or a can of tuna fish and bust it down. Right. Yeah. On top of it. So it's it's a it's a choice. It's a lifestyle choice, man. And like today, ironically, I, I went to get lunch and I just I, I get to the register. She's like, you know, she they prepared it and then it goes down the line to the register. And she's like, What meat do you have? I'm like, none. Me. She's like <laughs> and, and and I'm a listen, if I if it can run, I'm gonna catch it and I'm gonna eat it. I, I don't think no. I'll eat it. But, <laughs> It was like, I just didn't feel like it. Mm. Right. That's right. I just didn't feel like it. And you got to honor that sometimes. Yeah, you you got to give your body a break, bro. Like, your body is what it takes to bust down, not just red meat, but meat, period. Mm-hmm. You got to give your body a break. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. And yes, allow sir. it time to, to re itself up and rest. It's like playing ball. Like, you ain't going to play four straight quarters, are you? Right, you need to you need to get on the bench mm-hmm. and, and sit your and ass down. <laughs> if you want me, listen. If you want me to get busy in the fourth, sit me in the third. <laughs> nah, you're right. Or at least yeah. at the three quarters of the third, take me out, That's so right. I can give you that same energy from the first quarter to mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. That's right. Yeah. But if That's you're right. gonna run me ragged, I ain't gonna have much to give you in the fourth. Mm-hmm. But we may be in the clutch. And these are traditionally habits we've gone as a child, all into the adulthood, and you know that's and that's why our parents and our grandparents died sixty five or seventy. Your life can be extended way into our nineties, and we'd be great mm-hmm. if we do just that. We watch what we eat, and we give our body time to rest. And that's the best time for the healing to come is when you're at rest. You take a nap, you sit still, give yourself an hour. Give yourself 20 minutes. Give yourself a couple of seconds where your body is doing what your body needs to do without you being involved with it. What's funny is your body is going to do that regardless. The best part is to cooperate because if not, the body right. will force it on you yeah, and sit on your yeah. Quick. Real quick. You know, your body, your body will give you a shot. But when it's, <laughs> you know, self-preservation, the body's got a mind of its own, no, no pun intended. When it comes right. to self-preservation, mm. right? Let me ask you this, man, because you know, from 2008 to 2018, the 10-year period, and unfortunately, you you had a close friend who who lost his life due to some health complications. How was it working with with Pete yeah. and his situation? Oh, Rest in peace, Sean Price. Rest uh, in peace, Sean Price, for real. Yeah, um, that was the epitome of Rambo, for lack of better terms. You know that. The average black man before he go to the doctor just ran both weeks and shit. Right. We had no clue that anything was going on with him. Mm. And uh, what's ill is he has sleep apnea, as right. do I. You know what I mean? I have that as well. And um, he never got the CPAP machine or anything like that. Um, mm. From what I'm understanding, he really just wasn't big on going to the doctor at all. Right. Which, which most 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 men mm-hmm. are they don't they don't want to find out what they don't want to find out. Even mm-hmm. higher rates for African American men. 
For sure. Look, I remember when I was younger saying when HIV was a threat, like, yo, listen, I'd rather just drop dead. Fuck it. Because it seemed like whenever somebody found out they had it, that's when their body started to deteriorate mm-hmm. yeah. from the stress of knowing. Yep. Like, Magic yep. seemed like he was fine as shit the week before he got the diagnosis. Yeah. Um, but then as I matured and got older, you can't keep me out of the doctor's office. <laughs> I'm asking every question I know, son. <laughs> like, yo, WebMD said this. Now nah, I don't believe it. Tell me some more, yo. Well, well, you know, I don't care what you do on WebMD. You click three times, you got cancer. Period. <laughs> so don't even fuck with WebMD. WebMD, so- right? WebMD, WebMD is the reason. WebMD is the reason, though, why probably the the people who are attending are going to the doctor less because everybody's self-diagnosing now. That's right. But if you click three times, I don't care what it is, you got cancer. Period. <laughs> Stay on um, WebMD, sir. Yeah, leave that alone. <laughs> nah, that's um, crazy. An- another Those thing. Don't walk away with his mental health concerns. Yeah. Another thing I see that um, I see a lot that you talk about also is like a lot that's going on right now currently in the political arena. You know, we've had like some um, some discussions with people that have come on a platform and everybody is is anti-Trump. But people aren't exactly pro-Biden either. And we've had people say, fuck it, they'd rather not vote. What's, what's your position on that? If you're anti-Trump, but you're not pro-Biden, you think people should not vote? Man, you, this is a lesson. This you got to take the the lesser two evils. You got to vote. You can't not vote. Um, right. That's just what it is. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm definitely not pro Trump. Not because I'm not pro all of his political choices. I'm not pro the person. I don't trust the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, his motivations and uh, some of the things that he seems to not find anything wrong with concerning. Very much. On Very a bigger so. scale. Because if you're motivated that way, then what's gonna motivate you in these other decisions? Yeah, yeah. Biden, you know, um, I'll be honest, when when Obama was in office, Biden didn't do much to make many waves for me to be as concerned about him as I should be, or could be, I should say. Mm-hmm. That's right. So giving him a shot, at least I know that, and, and you know, I was pro Obama, not just because he was black, but just because I felt like he was making an effort on a unified front. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, with that said, Biden rode with him. So I know some of that had to rub off <laughs> on how to get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he was paying uh, attention. He's actually a, he's actually a, a politician. Yeah, he is. You know, he's a career uh, Trump is a reality show monopoly right. play. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, played it so. Yeah. You know, he's just a weirdo. Um, <laughs> and I just like I don't think he represents me as a person. Right. That 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 that, that means a lot, right there. But I don't think he. I don't think his goal is to represent, in particular, us as a person. Well, I don't think he represents his interests. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm very aware of systemic racism. I'm very aware of oppression, systemic oppression. Of course it does. I do not subscribe to the black and white conversation as it applies to everything in life. I just, right. I just don't. That's right. Um, because truthfully, I've accomplished a whole lot in my life, right? Coming from the same streets, I'm a two-time felon. 
I, 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 um, you know, I'm a Decepticon. I've been a 23 year, you know, gang member, so to speak, if that's how you want to call it. We don't ever really refer to it as a gang, but it's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, every, every single systemic hurdle that could have been in, in my way, I've lived through, mm -hmm. except that I had my parents in my life, but my dad was sick. So I'm like, he might as well not even have been there. Right. Um, right. I did it all. I was a parent as a teenager, like everything you can think of. But racism was never in my way. Mm. And I'll tell you why I say that. When I grew up and I was training to be an adult and training to run this racism, that's the only track that was offered to me. Right. Racism hurdles were on that track. Mm -hmm. White people were on the inside. You ever look at when you look at the Olympic race and the runners are staggered mm -hmm. because technically the inside of the circle is shorter than the outside, sure, so uh, mm -hmm. stagger it. Yeah, that's right. White folks have always been in those outer blocks. They've always been ahead of me my whole life. Mm -hmm. So why am I going to complain about it now? It's all I know. Mm. I only know how to win this way. That's right. In fact, if you take them off the track, I might overrun. <laughs> like, I don't know any life other than this. What did you, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you've laid, you've created your own lane. You stayed in your lane. Listen, my thing is, I learned how. To, I, I know I have to run harder. It's all I know. Mm -hmm. That's right. I know I have to jump higher. It's all I know. That's right. I think so. Argument... What, what if it was easier? Yeah. Okay. Cool. But I didn't train for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's I like think... you, you put me in the gym and teaching me to bench 325 and then having me compete at 150. <laughs> <laughs> throwing it to the roof. Yeah, I, I What comes up, I think the argument is that um, as a result of us always being subjected to that, that we're in a position that, like you said, like it's all it's all we know. You know, we've become conditioned to kind of um, accept it. And I agree with you. I think that's or, or I became condition to hyper excel mm -hmm. that's what i was going to say i think for some people it's a motivation and for some people some people have used it as a crutch as to why exactly. they can't progress that's like everything in life mm -hmm. everything well my father was a drunk so i couldn't miss or my father was a drunk so i refused to not mm -hmm. which one that's is right. it's your choice that's your choice yeah. it's a power so of choice I man i don't i don't if, if if it's if it's a huge problem for you you're weak sorry mm -hmm. you might not want to hear that but this is for the people in the back yeah. You know, you know what I think happens, though? I do think that, that there are people who tend to interject race into everything. And I don't think race is the sole reason for black people's failures. There are other things going on, definitely, that, that you know, that, well, that there's not a direct correlation people, to race, but race has conveniently become. Black people an are the sole reason for black people's failures. I don't care what nobody says. Right. It's choices, it, man. Let me tell you something. If, the, if white folks were to give us everything that we quote unquote want right now, is that going to stop us from shooting each other in the face? No, but I'm, I'm saying, I don't know what we want. I don't know what we want. Oh, what that we want? Here's what I'm saying. We have to fix the root to save the tree. Mm -hmm. That's right. If we don't fix the root, the it tree is eventually going to die. It won't even grow a leaf. Yeah. What <laughs> What is it that we want, though? What is it that we want? Well, I don't know. I can't. I, I don't speak for we. <laughs> I can't tell you what we want. Yes, but you know what? You I know what I want. That I, I know what my children have been raised to want. 
I know what my family raised me to want. Mm-hmm. Right. But I can't tell you because I look at a lot of black people as a whole with a question mark on my face. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell we doing. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I don't know. that's the truth. That's there's, the, not a, there's, not there's not a unified message, though. There's not a unified message or a unified agenda that's in terms of what it is that we true. need or we want. There's nothing. You point out something that is unified. Mm. Besides, so I'll tell, you know tell, you, tell you one thing that was unified that came up when. What? When the LGBT group, when they when LGBT wanted um, rights, they said we want the right to get married. That had nothing to do with black. No, no, no. I'm not talking about black. I'm just talking about when we start talking about demographics, about somebody being unified. Yeah, but here's what I'm black saying. People, we don't have unification about what our agenda here's, is. Here's the thing. When you start talking about the LGBTQWXYZ, and that's because it's broad. When you start talking about that, it now becomes unity because that's a that dude that's a cross race right that's a whole that's a different animal right there yeah no i'm, that, but, I'm but, not, I'm but, not but, talking about from a racial perspective of lgbt yeah but, i'm not watch. talking from a racial but, perspective but, of lgbt but, but this is why you can't talk about them in a parallel conversation with them in that situation they subscribe to an ideal a unified ideal mm-hmm. and that's what they were all able to rally behind mm-hmm. in this case we can't put our egos individually to the side enough to agree on a unified idea. And that's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like philosophically, we are. Watch if you take it back. Philosophically, look, we all look, ego tripping. Look, when, when black folks <laughs> were effective, when black folks were effective, mm-hmm. we had nothing but pride. That's all we had. That's right. So we came together because if we didn't, that was our only shot at having something. Now, Say it loud, I'm black, black and I'm proud. got a little bit of something. So they only gonna be on that picket line until it's time to go to work. <laughs> They're not gonna jeopardize their own for the for the mass. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. each person has a little bit of something. They're not gonna right. jeopardize what they have for the collective. Mm-hmm. With the LGBTQ, sorry, I fucked that up too time. But they're they're back where we were. All they have is pride. Mm-hmm. That's right, gay pride. So it's either we all come in to get something or we all walk away with nothing. Now it's, it's either we all come together with something or fuck it, I got something over here anyway. Mm. Everybody got their own little something, so they not coming in. Coming together for what? Yeah. yeah. We good over here, according to that. Yeah. See, that's, prob- that's problematic though. Yes, but until we are willing to sacrifice what I have for what we could have, mm-hmm. it's not going to change. Yes, yeah, us all ego, man. We ego trip way too long, and, and ego has no has no reason in the human psyche anyway. But that's how we perpetuate these personalities that we have now. It's because of your ego, man. And if you allow the ego to swim and do all it's doing, you're gonna have confusion. That's why we're so dysfunctional, son. We can't get past light skin and black, light skin and dark skin shit. That's what I was yeah, just son. about to so say. If we can't get past that, then okay, we all black. No, I'm Jamaican. No, I'm Asian. Right. No, I'm no, I'm that. Wait a minute. <laughs> you could tell when the when the Black Lives Matter shit started, and then people start to well do black. Gay lives matter. Do black trans lives? Didn't we say all? Oh, did we ever separate? 
Wait a minute. Never, right. You think I'm going to pull the black bus off and not let you on? Like, what are we, <laughs> what are we talking about? But, yo, you know what You know what that honestly comes come from, though? That comes from systemic racism because that that created internal racial inferiority, right? So racism is about classification. So, so because of that, because of that classification, though, that's why you have internally different black people saying, well, you know, I'm better because brother, I have this brother, or I have that. At the end of the day, I love what you're saying, and I respect the logic of what you're saying, but in the most respectful way I could say it, fuck out of here. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, these are choices of individuals that at the end of the day have a choice to make. That's right. I can either look at you as my equal and stand next to you, or I feel the need to isolate. So for me, I get how it could be systemic oppression, and it could be systemic racism. But the truth of the matter is, we're all, everybody on this call is a product of the same thing, but we opted to make choices. Mm -hmm. right. It just is what it is. Power and choice, that's right. I, I can't do it. Like. I don't care what we do, we will find a way to subdivide. Mm -hmm. And it's not just us. We're just hypersensitive to us. Right. It's, White the, culture. Culture. it's the culture in which we live and in now. Do it. Mm -hmm. Like everyone does it. Mm -hmm. When I was in the, in, the, in the seventh grade, I went to a school, they bust me over to a school in Bay Ridge, white section of me. And, uh, the teacher did the white lady she did this dope ass like exercise we came in she didn't arrange seats she was like everybody take your own seats and she gave us 20 minutes in a 45 minute class to decide where we gonna sit at mm -hmm. do you know everybody in there in the seventh grade we segregated ourselves yeah you click yeah spanish, like kid, spanish kid greeks kids sat with the greek kids mm -hmm. armenian kids sat with armenian kids the russians sat with the russian the three black people sat with the three black people which means it was so much bigger than just what the black folks were doing mm -hmm. right everyone did it mm. is that systemic or do people tend to flock to what's familiar yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they I mean, do I, that. yeah, you could probably you could probably you make will, a um you could make a case with that. that. People 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 will only I, join to what they're what they're used to. Mm -hmm. Listen, nobody's gonna wear a Nike and a Reebok. Nah. <laughs> not, not if you're fashionable, you're not. <laughs> but, but 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 it's not even that. Like naturally, you're programmed to say that matches. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. Um. I just think it's what we do with it. You know, being pro-black doesn't mean being anti-white. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's it's right. what you do with it. Mm -hmm. right. How do you help white people understand that, though? Because that's the message that's in that white, white people believe that. Brother, that's not my business. That's for them to sort out. We still trying to sort us out. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. We so worried about what they doing, we forget to sort us out. Let them figure it out. They've been figuring it out any goddamn way. You, it's like a kid saying, but how about me? How about me? Fuck out of here, bro. Like, you make your own opportunities right now. That's right. Think about how many billionaires and millionaires we got that's successful in our own ways. But we're so caught up in wanting validation from them that it, it's a, that track. we get off. We, get, yeah, we, lose we track, don't man. need their validation. I can care less what the fuck they do. Yeah. So, so what do you know? 
what do you, what do you think like for, you know on the same line of that like what do you think now with everything that's going on especially in New York City with the Black Lives Matter movement in full swing you get a lot of people that's now constantly throwing out there well what about the violence that's going on in the hood and trying to use that to sort of derail everything that's going on no, with Black or, Lives Matter or, or, how about it's a conversation we should have been fucking had that's yeah. number one yeah let's let try to derail one has nothing to do with the other. Black that's lives what I always matter. try to tell. That's what I always try to tell people. What, what, what does Black Lives Matter to who? Or should Black Lives only matter to them? Does sure. it matter to you? Mm-hmm. Because right now, I live in the middle of Brooklyn where the spikes have been crazy. Yeah, man. And it's And ain't Listen, I was shot twice, stabbed once. White person never did it. I ain't never been shot by a white dude. Mm-hmm. Never been stabbed by a white dude. Never shot at a white dude. Mm-hmm. That's right. So when it comes down to outgrowing being part of the problem, I, I had to sit back and, and in hindsight in 2020 really take a look and see, well, what did this look like? What were my contributions? That's right. Another reason why this food situation is important to me. One of the guys I do a lot of work with, we were sworn enemies growing up. Mm. From a whole other team. We was on live one day and we literally spoke on it like, yo, 20 years ago, this couldn't happen. Yeah, I went at your head. <laughs> this couldn't happen. That's right. But now we work together to try to do what we can to get back to the block. You know what I mean? Right. We had to decide and make a choice that this was no longer what it was. And that's just what it is. Like a movement is based on a collective of individual mindsets that work in a line in, in accordance with each other. But right. it's with the individual mindsets. Mm-hmm. Right. Individuals have to make up their mind and then when you have enough individuals whose minds align, there's a move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? You can work on the chord that way. When you Once you work on the chord and everyone got the same mind from then you can exactly. change something mm-hmm. because but you right see now, it. We are in a deficit of like-minded individuals. Yeah. You we, we got we got to speak out. I think I think a lot of time we just don't we're so comfortable with being in our individual positions that we don't want to speak out. And that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you from the kidney perspective because I'm like I could imagine what's going through his head because no one's asking, no one's checking, no one's saying how did this happen. People are looking at it and be like, "Oh wow, Mike Hans lost his kidney. Now what you do? Mm-hmm. Yo, see how he's doing." You all right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything you need? You want to talk? How did that happen? You know what no. I mean? Because no, no one asked me nothing. To, even to this day, if I remember a certain couple of people, people wouldn't even ask me nothing. I'm going to be fair. I had an onslaught of all of those questions. Mm. I had a different kind of energy and support from people, man. Like, I mean, there was even like 70 people that called to get tested to see if, if, I, if they were a match from, you know what I mean? From all over dope. the world. I had people calling from Australia dope. and shit like that, like willing to fly in if they couldn't match. Um, people, people definitely were reaching out and extending themselves. But I know millions of people. There was millions of people I ain't get nothing from me. You know what I mean? So to be fair, that balance. But right. I couldn't focus on that. I had to live and and, and and draw energy from those that did, you know? Right. Um, 
That's what pushes you Some forward. Some people didn't man. know what to say. They didn't know what to ask. They didn't know what right. to say. They didn't want to sound redundant. They didn't want to. They didn't know if I was trying to keep my mind off of it, so they didn't want to be the one to bring it up. Type, you know what right. I mean? Like yeah. all those human things going on. But, um, just like anything, going back to the original point, it's all about communication and 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 and, and, and actually having the conversation. A lot of times on my posting, and I didn't know why I'm talking this, I'm honest with you. Um, I just feel like a good conversation is always necessary. It's always necessary. I love you, it's necessary. And a lot of times it was just trying to help navigate the narrative where mm-hmm. people are posting a bunch of shit, bandwagging it, but no context. And, you know, post responsibly was kind of like my little um, movement in my own right to just check people who was just posting shit that would actually derail the narrative mm-hmm. like you posting it because it sounds good but did you feel that apart or are you telling like pictures are worth a thousand words but your comment only got two so are people following <laughs> what you thinking of what this what this meme is saying how about that yeah. do they know how this meme affected you and what made you think it was relevant enough to post it, mm-hmm. to post it that's because right. they may not get from it what you got from it yeah, yeah. If you don't post content, yeah, it's, you gotta put it out there, man. Yeah, I, I think you know, I appreciate you saying that because I think in this day and age, one of the things that drives me crazy also is that there's just a series of people who just repost anything. They'll just repost anything. They won't do the research behind it to see if it was factual. They don't know anything about it, and they'll just repost it. And I, and I, what I find is, I think that you know, different people have different levels of activism in regards to whatever it is. But I can't respect if you the the sole extent of your activism is that I'm just gonna repost everything that comes out and not do any research. Uh, well, how about the fact that let's just dig into that. Don't do any research. Well, what's your research tool? Google? Right? Google? It must be true because it was on the internet. But but, but <laughs> Google is nothing but a whole bunch of people's thoughts that have been uploaded and collected. Mm-hmm. So who's to say that what you find on Google Makes it any more factual. Yeah. It makes it accurate. That's right. You understand? So people be like, do your research. Okay, cool. Where your but sources? <laughs> what makes this website accurate? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's peel it apart even more. What makes a fact a fact? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, funny. So let's explore that. What, what makes a fact a fact? That's right. To, to because me, I think it's something. That some man somewhere mm-hmm. or woman deemed a fact. I was just about to say that people get caught up in because they scream your your facts that 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 makes it factual. Yeah, but I mean that's the kid. But I mean like in real life, let's talk about M equals MC squared. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. But what makes that a fact? Because somebody declared it a fact at and- some point. That was someone's opinion of it, and they had to show approval. And, 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 and they had enough clout to get it written down. Mm. But right. who's to say that that's the end all be all fact? That's correct. But we subscribe to it because that's what was documented. But does that make it a fact? That means right now, me and you, all three of us could declare some shit a fact, post it somewhere, just that in a third, and now everybody that comes behind us, this is, this is now a fact. Right. 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 
Yeah. You kind of question all things, man. You That's can't take I'm, nothing at face value. Yeah, you have you have to have the ability to challenge with people's so-called being facts. Even when you do, just because I disagree with it doesn't mean it make it any less of it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Sure. You, gotta, you, gotta put, you have to put it in application. What what makes a fact fact is that you got to take what it is that you're ascertaining and ap- apply it. And if the results come out as what they need to, to be, as as you're saying that they should be, mm-hmm. then that's how you find out a fact is a fact. You have to put the application in. Don't just take someone saying, well, yo, that sky is blue. Why the fuck was it blue? Is, yeah. What made it blue? Mm-hmm. Is, 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 there, is there reflection? Is there light? Is there a reason or, for these things? Or, or, or is just my perception of the sky? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it happens, man. You got you to gotta stay sharp. Well, that's, that's yeah. to me, that's the value of information and knowledge. Like, you should be challenging it. You shouldn't take everything at face value. The problem is, right now, our information highway, which, number one, oversaturates information, Mm-hmm. is still driven by the participant. This shit is a big-ass Napster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that? It is. It's just part... It's, it's you just download, you just download, download shit that just don't need to be there. It's a collection of a million people's thoughts. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you see, you see it in the media, too, right? When you turn on the TV, depending on what channel you turn to, you know, you can always tell, like, all right, this is a conservative-leaning channel or a liberal-leaning channel. So it's usually... What's funny is I never about... played that shit no mind until y'all started talking about it. The news is <laughs> the news, but I ain't watched none of it. Just both. Yeah. yeah. It's all bad news. Yeah, I that's, leave the that's news That's all alone, it is. Man. I, learned, I learned that in back in early years, man. The nation always tell you, yo, leave the news alone. It demoralize you. Yeah, that's all it. Yeah, it'll mess your day up, man. It'll yeah. mess your day up. Well... You know, and, and at the end of the day, in all defense of that, just because I don't want to hear it don't mean I don't need to hear it. I just was over it. Like, you know what? At the end of the day, shit from where I'm standing, I could do about it anyway. Yeah. That's right. So see it when I, I see it. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Whether That's I right. disagree with it or not, I ain't changing it from where I'm standing. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, when my position change, I could do better. Yeah. Yeah. No better you do better, son. How long you on the machine for? Four and a half. Four and a half? Damn. Wow. That's a long stretch, man. I'm on at least three and a half. I'm usually on three and a half. Yeah, four and a half. How much fluid did you put on? Uh, I'm heavy today. Like I just mentioned in earlier. So I came on at 107. My dry is 101. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you put, yeah, you was drinking, brother. Yeah, so they about to take it all off. Man. They about to take it all off, man. Yeah. Yo, let's talk. Let's let's talk, let's talk about the Dev Squad, good brother. How did that come about? Uh, so Kim Sherman, Eric's sister, we we were. I was brought to her attention on a business level first and foremost, marketing, brand, and all the other shit I do. Um, and then my my cousin, DJ Diamond, the artist, happens to be the original DJ for EPMD. Mm. And wow. he left to go DJ for Prince and then Beyonce, then end up mm. coming back to DJ for EPMB. So he was talking about, I mean, yo, you got to check my cousin out, Brooklyn Center Third. Kim was talking about, yo, you got to check his kid, Mike Hands out, Center Third. So one day I was talking to my, my cousin, 
and Eric popped his head on the line like, yo, what up? <laughs> yo, I heard you need to come, you know, I heard you need to come see me. What we gonna do? I'm like, yeah, I'll come out there tomorrow. He's like, I right, do that. Right. The rest is history. That's it. Nice. It was crazy, though. We was in the build, not to cut you, we was in the build, and I was playing, you know, talking to him, and he was kind of asking me, like, you know, first, he he made me the national sales rep for Death Rugs immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, that was to satiate what his sister was talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. So, once we got past that, it became a music conversation, and he was like, yo, making music is easy, but what kind of music do you want to make? Like, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? So I was letting him know that, you know, I come from boot camp first. So I'm, I was part of the boot camp quick before anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, the problem is I feel like I hit a glass ceiling with boot camp. Like all my underground and my murder, death, kill, street rap shit. That's easy. But I got these other records that are bigger than that, that mm -hmm. that crowd just doesn't want to hear from me. Right. So I don't pull those out. Remember, I started as a singer before anything. Mm -hmm. So right. I have all these other... Sound ideas and yeah this isn't appropriate for this listener that i do have so as long as i'm there i'm always going to have the uh the crowd i inherited which was you know touring with with, with uh smith and weston touring with sean touring with rock so i'm always going to kind of have that mob deep crowd that 500,000 I'm probably gonna max out at gold no matter what I do but I got records I know are bigger than that mm. right I need more of that just like music crowd that's as right to just that I know I got your open crowd yeah cause I can do both and um I told Sermon so he's like well what you talking about so I sang a hook for him and his eyes lit up he was like you can sing? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I want that. And um, we was pretty much locked in from that moment. Mm. So, yeah, that's dope. That's super Next time dope. I went out, we did the photo shoot. And then we did the cover of Validated Magazine with me, him, Ty Fife, and Rock Wilder to introduce my son. In. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up, man. Bootcamp Click is a hell of a, a, a hell of an affiliation too. Bootcamp Click got uh, classic albums, brother. As a as a Brooklyn MC, actual fact, I couldn't have landed in a better space as a Brooklyn MC. Mm -hmm. That was like that was that was them right there, man. Growing up listening to them, Black Moon, Yo, Smith. That first Black Moon album, that first um, Smith and Wesson album, to me is like those are those Sorry. classic albums. Yeah, so they, they made us wear backpacks, brother. <laughs> they made us wear fatigues and Tim's all year round. Oh, yeah, round two. Okay. Yes, sir. But how about the fact that 25 years later, remember, I'm only 43. So back then, I was way too young. I was just a spectator. 25 years later, I got to design all the merch for the, uh, wow. the union. I mean, for the anniversary, the 35th anniversary. Wow. And I, I got to have a lot of input on putting that together mm. because oh, of the relationship I now have and the role that I play outside of just being an MC. So that was an honor for me because the first go round, I, I couldn't participate. 
I just was spectating. Mm-hmm. They were just a, a, a tape that was constantly in my book bag. Mm-hmm. To now being able to, to to be a relevant participant where Steel or Sin or somebody will call me like, yo, this is what we're trying to do. I need you to come to the crib yeah. and be part of the think tank. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. That's I, how you get down like I that. Saw, um, I saw online where you were saying, where you, I guess you were saying that you had a not, not 97, not hot 97, but not 97 movement. And yo, one of the things that I, I, I tell people sometimes, a lot of people look at me like I'm bugging, but I think honestly, like hot 97 at the height of their success did a lot of damage to hip hop in New York City. Here's my thing. We never had a problem with Hot 97. We just played where Hot was not playing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they stopped breaking records. They stopped playing exactly. the local. They stopped playing New York music, number one. That's right. That's they, right. They stopped, they stopped breaking records. They started playing what was already working, and we started following trends. Mm-hmm. And that's when they lost me. Fucking program the records, man. Yeah. There was no way that I was as relevant as I was on a local level, but you guys weren't playing on any level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They went, a, they went a significant period without breaking any records. It's funny to me, though, like, cause when, like, when I go down to Georgia or even up in Connecticut, I don't know if you know this, Rob, like, they'll just, the radio format just seems so different. Like, you're just randomly here. You hear, like, local artists, you'll hear anybody, but in New York, to me, it's like the same 15, 20 records spin every hour just in a different type of I don't even. I don't even listen to radio no more. I, yo, I got, I got my Spotify. I got all of the artists that I want. And it's like a ten-hour playlist because <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I don't even pay attention to the radio. I don't but do it anymore. Think about it. Once the first person paid a DJ and the DJ accepted, and payola goes back a long way. Mm-hmm. But in this hip hop realm, once. A DJ found out that he didn't have to play you for free. Mm-hmm. Right? Why would he? Yeah. yeah. That's it. I would. To end the game right there. Yeah. If you're willing to pay me to do it, why would I? Why would I not? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't even worth it. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Everybody gets caught up on the, the the. All right. So people use the word "should." There's a ton of things that should be. Mm-hmm. To me, I try to teach this to my kids. Should is this little magical place behind Oz. <laughs> if you can find Oz, you can find should. You can find should right there next to it. Should is ideal. Ideally. Should is a blueprint to what could be. Uh, right. But it never projection. actually exists. I should be a millionaire. Right. I should Except be able to fly. I should. Should don't really... Mm-hmm. Don't do shit. It sits <laughs> right there. Shit is like tomorrow. You ever notice some, you never in your life experienced tomorrow? Because at 12 o'clock, it became today. Today, it yeah. never. It's like going to pick up a ball and kicking it in front of you. You never can quite pick it up. Mm-hmm. Same right. thing. Just because it should don't mean it could or will. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There's a ton of things that these people should do but will they? You know? Um, again, like I said, it goes back to our original conversation. It becomes about the individual mm-hmm. and the preservation of the individual, mm-hmm. not the preservation of the collective. 
see me, the reason I get the love I get in hip hop is because it's always been about the preservation of the overall culture. And for me, it really was selfish because I just felt like if the culture, if I could sustain the culture in the form that we know, then there's somewhere for me to be heard. Yeah, you got because if it, if it converts, then I don't have a lane anymore. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's when right. Sadat is no longer a star when he walks in, when MOP are no longer stars when they walk in, when the boot camp is no longer stars when they walk in, nobody want to hear me. So I might as well not even say nothing. Mm. Because I come from that. Yeah. That's right. That's our cloth. So I have to keep that. I have to keep those environments because as long as they're on the bill, Mike hands can shine on that bill. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you said it that way. I mean, cut your wisdom because I tell people all the time, like, yo, I still look for everyone I grew up listening to. Like you said, you said Sadat. Sadat still make music. Pooba still make music. Yo, my favorite, my favorite Brooklyn, my favorite Brooklyn rapper, Master Ace, still make music, my nigga. Yeah, you get some, and you get some quality shit. And Master Ace, like one of the dopest MCs, that's underrated to me. Son, that's my my favorite Brooklyn. All right, I know everybody like Biggie. Nah, I'm fucking with Master right now. That's just how I live. I'm gonna be honest. Fuck that. Mike Hands is a nice nigga in Brooklyn right now. But, um, <laughs> that's right. But not Ace, me and Ace, man. Like you know. Quite as kept, but when people think about me and what I pushed through to be here, people don't know that Ace been sick the whole time you've known him. Mm. He's had um, mm. MS the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I think he spoke and, about that you know, interview. Doing his that. numbers regardless. So he was one of the people I reached out to to find out what that coexistence looked like. Mm. And right. and how do you still maintain this? Because, yeah, and, and, and you know, but it had to be of him like how do you still be a rapper because that's that it has to apply there because there's certain things that come with our lifestyle and, and, and what it takes to do what we do that other people don't deal with that's right with the travel and eating on the road and um having to give this high level of energy multiple nights in a row that's right um the business aspect there's just a whole different it takes a different thing man mm-hmm. regular nine to five it's not as hard to, to accomplish when you're sick. That's right. We have we had arsonists or the heat makers on um a couple of weeks ago and one of the things that we asked him was, you know, at this point arsonist. Arsonist That's the homies, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. He's we a good yeah, he's a good dude. He's fucking with Freddy Gosser heavy. Yep. Yes sir. Yeah, good yep. dude. What do you, at this point do you need a major record label in the industry to be in the industry? Sorry, let me fix my face. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so so here's the thing. Why is it that now people are finally starting to, to realize that when the whole concept of being independent has been around for years, but people shunned it? Because we ain't had no money, we ain't had no budget, we ain't have the relationships. Now we're starting to finally network into these relationships where we have a pathway to radio, we have a pathway to distribution, we have a pathway to certain places that you needed those different departments in a label. Other right. people are lazy. I was talking to Bahama D the other day. Mm. Shout, Shout out to Bahama, Bahama D. D. Yeah. Um, we're working on something. We're going to do a food foundation dis- distribution with her in Philly nice. with um, some of the locals out there. But to say it, we were talking about that concept. Like she said verbatim, like, 
the fact that people still look for record deals baffles her right now. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, a lot of people don't have what it takes to do everything else beyond rap or beyond right. or whatever it is. Right. This is a job. When you take right. that part on, it's a job, bro. You got to create a product, market the product, package the product, and then get the product to market. And then right. let the people know it's there. That's right. You got to pitch it, And then still rap. That's right. And still got to perform it. <laughs> so imagine being the cocaine and having to be the coke distributor <laughs> and having to be the coke producer. The coke bagger. <laughs> Everything, son. Coke moves how many <laughs> billions of, 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 of product a year. Man. Imagine okay. trying to do that and all you are are the coke can. Mm-hmm. It's right. not as easy as people think. Yeah. That's right. From the outside. Only reason I do it pretty well is because it's all I knew. I never got the record deal I wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I wanted to participate at all, I had to figure out this first. Mm-hmm. The beauty of it is it makes me a guru now that everybody has been shifted to this space. Now That's they're right. trying to learn the only thing I know. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's where we are right now. Yeah. It's, so. just, to me, it's just to me unfortunate that uh, people are now changing because the the times have changed, but folks didn't see, like you said, like you seen early on, like, yo, this is where it's at. This is how I'm going to get it. No, I didn't or the record label that I can get the record deal. I wish I had a record label. I wish, I wish Warner, that deal worked. I wish Def Jam picked me up afterwards. Mm-hmm. I would, what? I didn't want to have to do this shit. The legwork. They would have did all it for you. Necessity, not knowing what I know today, out of necessity, I had to and who knew it was going to make me hyper-relevant now because I mastered that space. But right. before, no. Somebody fucking help me. Yeah, <laughs> I need to. <laughs> even knowing the financial element, like even knowing the financial difference. I, I ain't matter. making a million dollars then. I ain't making a million dollars now. What's the difference? Yeah, the true. difference is the machine would have got my name further, made me more relevant, so I could have made more show money. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's right. See what I'm saying? Like right now, you got Smith and Wesson who did not have the best deal with Nervous when they did the shining. Mm -hmm. But right now, they can survive and sustain themselves still performing that same album from all the marketing and branding work that Nervous did back then. Yeah. So it's a a dual-edged sword when you look at it. Mm. You know what they say, 100% of, of nothing Ain't worth shit. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely nothing. Then a hundred percent of nothing. Yeah. Like okay, I own all this, but what is it worth? Yeah. It was somebody that we was talking to. Actually, we was talking about um, prospect from TS, and he was talking about like you know getting the mm-hmm. prospect. Prospect. From TS. He was talking about squad. getting the advance and stuff like that. That people would you know get the advance and get you know get themselves set up. So I don't know if that was maybe the the. Law for some people too, just to get the upfront money. Listen, that was interesting too, but the part that you're trying to really get is the machine, bro. Like, I was willing to take a horrible deal just to get the benefits of the work of the deal. Jadakiss said that. He he loves a major. He loves a major. Let them do all that cutting and pasting. And I'll just show up. (laughs) Jadakiss said that. He said that in the interview. He was like, yo, I'd rather just have 
he's like, yo, I get how the independent work, but he's like, I'd rather just have the major behind me doing all the work because I don't want to do all that other work. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's the reality. That's the reality of it, yeah. That's right. But yo, big, that's all I know. Yeah, Rob. Now nah, I was going to say, man, it's a pleasure having this brother on here, man, after seeing what he's going through, the strides that you made, and you still got the wherewithal to still push it forward and help other people out. I appreciate your time, good brother. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You know what I mean? Because our story needs to be told with this kidney thing, man, because we got a lot of peer and peer groups that are living that life. And they still don't want to go get tested. And I tell them all day, just go know your numbers. Know what your crack numbers is. Know what your blood pressure numbers is. Walk with those numbers every day. You know what I'm saying? So if you feel a little lethargic, yo, go check your pressure. Your pressure might be high. And you got to find out why your pressure high. Or take low. Some, take, yeah, or, or even low. My wife dealt with that a little bit, man, where we had to give her a little cookie or something for her to come up because she was feeling mm-hmm. a little faint. You know what I mean? Because... A lot of times in our life, we're not on a regimen. We think we're on a regimen, but we're living just vicariously with our emotions. I'm hungry, no, I ain't hungry. Oh, I want to drink. Oh, I want to really drink. Then nah, I don't want. It, it's too in and out. It's nothing consistent in our lives until something hits you, and now you gotta pay attention to what's going on. So, thank you, brother. Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have much left, Shanal. If you had yeah, be before you dip though, let me ask you about um sneaker sneakerhead. So. I'm glad you did that. Yes, <laughs> I man. That's that's the brand. Um, for those that don't know, I was a clothing designer. I was a menswear designer for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. So nice. Sean's plus color, Carl Canaz, Um, I was the head designer at Pepsi. I was at Coast. Um, 1020 Blues. I freelance for just about everybody. I was head designer at Gino Green Global. So, I you know that the only thing I know better than rap is fashion. And um, that's what I did. I, I started at 14 when I went to fashion industry high school. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been in fashion ever since. Um, so it's a streetwear brand. Uh, S-N-K-R-N-Y-C. I mean, S-N-K-R-H-E-A-D-N-Y. So Sneakerhead New York. Um, dot com. That's us. And... Um, yeah, man, we do some joints. We, 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 got, some, we got some work. Mm-hmm. I got another brand, um, Emerald City, no D. So Emerald City, you can check that out um, on the gram. We got some things. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'm actually, I just did a new deal today with Street Approved. And uh, Streets is watching to do some designs for them for 2021. Mm-hmm. So we're working that deal out now, literally, as we speak. I'll check my email after we get off this call to see if they responded to the numbers. Um, and yeah, man, like, that's that's my pastime. That's my, my break from rap shit. I, 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 I just Fashion. play around with Illustrator and Photoshop and come up with new shit for a season or something. So. Yeah. Good job. Yo, I want to echo what Rob said, man. Thank, thank you for agreeing to come on and do this. And the fact that you would even agree to do it while you're doing dialysis, like, that's, you're a real one, brother. He's a real I'm gonna, one, son. I'm going to tell you the absolute truth, man. I haven't done any interviews since February before the pandemic situation. Wow. I refuse to. So this is the first one I've done for 2020. 
Yo, we appreciate, appreciate it. And that's only because Rob, like, the connection we got mm-hmm. is the reason I did it. Yeah. You brothers for life now, brother. You can't get rid of me. I'm going to always check on you, make sure you're good, man. For mental first. Because mm. you're going to be able to handle all the rest of it. I just want to make sure you're sharp up here, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's me paying it forward. That's it. Yeah. And and same thing. Like, it's, uh, like I said, that's what carries me through. My contribution to other, because I realize it's bigger than me now. That's right. And, um, the people that are behind me that are in my DM and on my phone just checking. Um, I really don't need much. People always ask me, what do you need? I don't need nothing. What you did, you already did. That's all I needed. That's yeah. it. Put something in the spark. It's tank for me. Yeah. Just keep me going. I got you, baby. You ain't got to worry about that, man. 